You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio is Michael Swain of Fog.net. And, uh, Michael, we're recording this a little bit early tonight because the Chiefs are on, so we need to get this done swiftly. Well, Fitz, at least I made it here on time. I learned my lesson from last time. My flight left this morning mm-hmm. at 5.30 a.m. I'm here. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, like this morning, 5.30 a.m.? Yeah. Did, were you the pilot? Because I wouldn't wake up to fly a plane that early. I was the only person on the flight. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Huh. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning, as long as we remember to put it up in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. Michael, we can't forget to do that, even though we got to watch that dating show tonight. <laughs> I won't forget. Okay, we'll start things off with our two-minute drill, the first segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. All right, Kansas State did not play, but now we'll play Big 12 games in eight straight weeks. Mm. What does the road ahead look like for the Wildcats? Well, luckily, it's manageable in the short term. Uh, I'm still confused about what Texas Tech is about, but they go to Oklahoma State on Friday night, play down there in one of those awkward Friday night games, and then they go to Texas Tech before returning home for TCU and Houston. If you ask me, those are all four winnable games leading up to Texas, but we know this, we saw it again this last weekend. The Big 12 can be rather chaotic, and you don't really know how good teams are other than probably Texas, which awaits in four weeks. And that's really the issue for Kansas State, Mike, is they they can't be caught looking ahead and dreaming of that big matchup with Texas at 7-1 because before you know it, they won't be 7-1. But who will beat them? I'm not sure. K-State, as it turns out, is a heavy favorite at Oklahoma State, a place where it hasn't won for a little bit, and it's going to be an interesting environment on a Friday night. And then you go to Texas Tech, and they finally got a much-needed win over the weekend, but how good are the Red Raiders? And TCU lost at home to West Virginia. How good are the Frogs? 
And Houston, well, I think we can all agree Houston's not very good. So in this conference this year, the conference schedule can be very forgiving. And for K-State, the key here is to stay healthy. When you got to play eight straight games over an eight-week period, there's no signing free agents. You just got to do next man up. And if K-State can stay healthy, they're in a good position to maybe make a run at playing Texas in the Big 12 championship game. But if they start having more injuries, for example, losing Daniel Green, their senior middle linebacker for the season, if more of that piles up, then it gets a little dicey for K-State. But just stay the course, play them one at a time, go get that win at Oklahoma State, and then worry about Texas Tech, and they will find themselves in a pretty good position before you know it. And here's the thing, Michael, they haven't even come close to playing their best football yet. They have so much better football to play this year, and maybe we'll start seeing that over the next four weeks. But if they do get to Texas in four weeks at 7-1, they better play really good, and we'll get into that later. Yeah, they will. I think, Fitz, I look at this and I say <clears throat> injury attrition could be really the big thing that would slow Kansas State down, and even then you're looking at that maybe having an impact over maybe the final three games of this season, not necessarily here in the month of October. You got it. Well, Jalen Daniels, unfortunately, was unavailable to play Saturday against Texas. And Jason Bean got the start. KU hung around against Texas, but ultimately fell 40-14. to Michael, walk us through your thoughts on this contest. I have two minutes, Fitz. All right, I mean every <laughs> second of it. Basically, Jalen Daniels was on track to start. He got all the first-team reps last week. And then Saturday morning in the team hotel, he tweaks his back, which was bugging him since the start of the season. He can't play. He got treatment all throughout the first half. They tried to make sure he could play, and he couldn't. So Jason Bean gets the start, and he looked like a player that got backup reps all week. And I think it's a different situation than last year against TCU, where there's no time to think. Right, you're thrown in at halftime. You gotta go and act and go off your instinct. Jason Bean knew about 30 to 45 minutes before this game that he was gonna start. It's a lot of time to think. And I think at times it looked like a player that was trying to think a little too much and not playing with the natural flow that I think when Jason has played at his best, he can't play with. So as a result, the offense really, really struggled. And then you look at the time of possession battle and as a result of the offensive inconsistency, the defense had to spend about 40 minutes on the field in over 100 degree heat fits it was so hot there and walking on the sideline you could just feel the heat emanating from the turf and as a result the defense really 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 wore down and i think ku got some luck texas field goal kicker missed two field goals um, ku was really good on a couple third downs in big spots that helped them keep this game close but when your offense has zero consistency and can't do anything it's one of those situations where I think they really struggled to put it all together. And this is a team that has to play complimentary football. That means running the ball well, limiting possessions, playing good defense. They weren't able to put that whole piece together. And this Texas team is legit. If you walk on the sideline pregame and watch Texas warm up and you watch any other Big 12 team warm up, there's going to be a size discrepancy. And I think you saw that on TV. I think you saw it in person if you were there as well. So I think for KU, this is one of those games you just kind of have to flush. Texas is really good. As we'll get to in a second here, I think they're going to be college football playoff bound. And for KU, I don't think you can really you know, hang your head on losing to the number three team in the country without your starting quarterback. Yeah, look, I thought the KU defense held up pretty well despite giving up yardage. It was classic bend but don't break. They kept holding them to field goals. Texas opened the door by missing them. But at some point, the offense has to kick it in, and they just they couldn't kick it in. They just didn't have anything in the, in the tank. No, it's just one of those games. Yep. All right, Fitz, I want to ask you a question now that Lance Leipold was asked post game on Saturday. 
is Texas good enough to make the college football playoff? And if so, could they win a national title? Yeah, you know, because uh, as I look around college football this year, I'm not seeing much greatness. I'm really not. But it might be Washington and it might be Texas. And and I think in some ways, even though it's Texas, it would still be really good for the college football world to have someone different than Alabama and Georgia, you know, kind of rotating who plays in this game on an annual basis. I think it'd be really good for the conference if, if Texas could get there, even though Texas is going out the door because it shows that the Big 12 teams have to play at their highest level. But look, I also know this about Texas. Despite all that talent, despite all that size that you talked about, Michael, they lose track of what they're supposed to be doing at times. And I'm not sure they'll do that this season because, honestly, the Big 12 isn't very good. They don't have many chances of getting upset because they're just that much more talented than everyone else. But um, I do think it'll be good for college football to see some different teams in the playoff. Yeah, they, they can get in the playoff. Yeah, they can win it. Um, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out mm. because Texas, like most schools in this conference, don't have many challenges ahead. And I'm including this weekend against Oklahoma. I don't think that's going to be much of a challenge for Texas, but we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I think for college football right now, I think the trenches are the thing that win you college football playoff games, right? You look at the teams that consistently make it. Georgia just had their entire front seven drafted in the first or second round of the NFL draft. You have to be big and physical in the trenches. And watching that Texas team, they've got the offensive line. That left tackle for Texas is going to be drafted in the first round. The defensive tackles for Texas are six foot five, 360 pounds. I mean, they are mammoth men. And I think that is exactly what is going to allow Texas to A, I think play consistently throughout the course of Big 12 play where Quinn Ewers can have a bad game. The secondary for Texas could have a bad game. But with their ability to control the line of scrimmage, it's going to be really hard to beat them over 60 minutes. I totally agree with you. They are impressive. Now a quick look at your poll question results. Poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, last week's question was, which Big 12 newcomer will finish with the best record? BYU came in second place with 17% of the vote. UCF came in first place with 75% of the vote, an overwhelming pick. And then Houston and Cincinnati actually tied with 4%. Uh, UCF is the clear answer if they yes. play three quarters. If they can play three quarters a game, they're going to be great. <laughs> that fourth quarter caught up to them on Saturday. Here's this week's question. Are Texas and Oklahoma going to make up the final Big 12 championship game of this era? A yes, B no, C, I want to cry. That, actually, that's not one of your answers, but you can still vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 All right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. 
Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And this segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. All right, Fitz, Kansas State announced last week that basketball coach Jerome Tang has signed a new seven-year contract. Will he be at K-State for the full length of that deal? You would think so. I mean, this is a very interesting situation because, as we all know, coaches and contracts, eh, it's kind of a vague idea, right? Mm -hmm. They don't always stick around. But I think both Jerome Tang, who's now booked up through uh, the 29-30 basketball season, and Chris Kleiman, who's contract run through the 30 football season I think both have the full intention of staying at K-State for a haul they seem like they really like where they're at they like the fan base they like the culture um, and I think Jerome Ting is a guy that might stick around let's be honest he took forever to leave Baylor they were there for almost what 19 nearly 20 years together he and Scott Drew before he took on a head coaching job so I think his intent was always to come someplace that he could put his signature on the basketball program but he didn't want a total building project where he had to build a culture. And, and he knew that uh, Kansas State basketball has existed at high levels in the past and fans still expect that. And he walked right in and, and took off with it. And they just tore up the contract. This was an extension. They started all over. They redid the entire contract. So it took a little bit to get it done. And honestly, I think making sure K-State re-signed with Nike played a role because, uh, let's be blunt, you don't want to be a basketball school that has Under Armour. It's not easy to do. Some schools do it, like I think uh, Tennessee, Auburn, one of those two has it. But anyhow, I think Jerome Tang settled in. I think he has no intention of leaving, and I think this contract represents the idea that he wants to be in Manhattan for a very long time. But you just never know. If K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor takes a retirement earlier than we expect, both coaches could come into play because both of these coaches are incredibly loyal to Gene Taylor. Chris Kleiman's been a longtime friend, and Jerome Tang appreciates that Gene Taylor was the one that showed all the faith in the world of hiring him to become a head coach for the first time. It's an intriguing situation, and we'll see if they do honor their contracts or if they have to tear those suckers up again because they're even better than what we thought. Uh, win that Final Four, win that National Championship, and uh, they'll tear that contract up, Michael, and uh, give you a lifetime deal, I'm sure. Yeah, Fitz, I think the encouraging part here, if you're a K-State fan, is the fact that these guys aren't job hoppers, right? No. They didn't go from spot to spot climbing the ladder. They were at previous spots, had success. When the right opportunity came, they took it. And I think that's really encouraging, where these aren't guys that have jumped around in their careers and have a track record of kind of jumping ship. And one of the things they love is the fan support. And that mm -hmm. brings us to this question because Travis Goff sent an open letter to Kansas fans for asking for increased fan support for the rest of the season. What do you make of this message, Michael? Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I think first and foremost, this letter does not happen if the sentiment isn't shared in the Kansas football offices, right? right. Let's make that very, very clear. Lance Leipold would agree with this. And if you go back to that BYU game, right? A lot of the students left at halftime. You go back to the Illinois game. A lot of people left before the end of that game and Illinois did make a bit of a comeback late on. I think this is a Kansas football fan base that is still recovering from one of the worst decades any college football program has ever seen. I would also say that this is the most competitive product and week in and week out, you know Kansas football is going to compete. You're going to get a good product. And I think every single home game from here until the end of the season guarantees you that. 
that in and of itself is worth supporting. You know that the chances of you getting let down or there being a huge blowout at home is pretty low at this point in time with the way Kansas is playing in the trenches. And so I look at this overall and say, was this warranted? Yes because of the track record and the trend line for this UCF game with the ticket sales not looking super positive. And as a result, KU, of course, had a sale and it sounds like the ticket numbers are doing better now for this UCF game. But still, Kansas is at a point where with this coach, with this team, they should not be scrapping for sellouts. I don't expect sellouts to happen two weeks before, a month before, but KU should be at an opportunity now where sellouts should happen for every single game. This team is good enough, and also that money goes back to the athletic part. I think that's something that people maybe forget sometimes is that football drives a lot of revenue for other programs, and supporting football, buying tickets, season tickets, things of that nature, is also just supporting Kansas athletics as a whole. And I think there are a lot of alumni that want Kansas athletics to do well. So that's how you can support. Buy season tickets, buy some of the ticket packages, show up, stay for the whole game, right? I think it's all these things combined that create a great game day experience. And hey, it might help keep Lance Leipold around for a lot longer yeah. too. You know, the timing of this is really interesting to me with the Michigan State rumors mm -hmm. out there, which I don't necessarily believe, but why would you give your coach an excuse to be unhappy? This is a fun brand of football and a well-coached team. I mean, yep. maybe they don't win many more games this season. I think they will. But still, the games will be fun, and they won't be sloppy, ugly football that, honestly, when KU and K-State have been down, it's been horrible football to watch. This is a fun product. I don't get it. Well, now let's step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darris Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz. Clemson is now reportedly exploring ways to escape the ACC if it does find a way out, is the ACC as doomed as the Pac-12 became? Yeah, yeah, they are. If there's some crack in that, um, you know, rock-solid agreement that the conference has for their, their rights, yeah, because we just found out that the Big 12s wasn't nearly as rock-solid as what everyone thought because uh, that's why the conference didn't have such an ironclad buyout with Oklahoma and Texas in place. And guess who the ACC kind of took after with their their uh, clause in their contracts, the Big 12. So, yeah, I think the ACC is in big trouble. Anytime you've got members that are unhappy, particularly mm -hmm. your top members, and there's just not enough money to go around, yeah, they're going to be unhappy. And at some point they're going to break up and teams are going to scatter, which is a darn shame, Michael, because I think it's a really fun conference. But, boy, uh, there's so many programs in there that seem to be – Kind of like the Pac-12, worth more individually than as a group, which makes no sense. It really doesn't. You can see four going to the SEC, to the Big Ten, and the Big 12, all carrying value, and yet put together they don't have that value. It's yeah, crazy. I totally agree. And think about this, right? Clemson, Florida State has been so loud, maybe the loudest of any school, and then you've also got Miami. Like Those are three brands that, if they had their pick, would get out of this, this TV deal, which goes on way too long. Way too long. Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metalark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week is, how bad of a look is it? Is the Arterior Morris situation for KU? That's from John and Lawrence. Uh, it's terrible. It's awful. For those that missed it, Arterio Morris, a Kansas basketball player, was uh, arrested on a rape charge last week. It's a terrible look. He's a transfer from Texas. He had his own domestic violence charge in Texas. And I just, 
we can go on for days about this. It's unacceptable. And Bill Self will answer questions about it on Monday. Travis Goff, the next time he's made available to the media, will have to answer questions about this. It's a terrible look for Kansas basketball and something they did not have to do. No, no, it was it was a weird choice to bring him in in the first place and to have this happen so soon afterwards is ugly. Yeah, well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now let's take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites. Meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The fans just aren't carrying their weight, Michael. Maybe we need to get new fans. That seems kind of harsh. One and two, uh, and Michael and I both went two and one, although we can't explain how that happened. I'm leading, and nobody can explain that. Uh, here's this week's picks. And we start with UCF at Kansas. KU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Lawrence, which is basically home field plus a little bit. What do you think, Michael? I'll take KU in this one. What about you, Fitz? I'm going to go with UCF. I saw them in person. They're really athletic. they they got to learn to finish a game. You can't get outscored like 26 points in the fourth quarter to lose. Yeah, I like KU to score that many points in the fourth quarter. But next up, let's go to Kansas State at Oklahoma State. K-State's a 10.5-point favorite. It's a Friday night in Stillwater. I'm going to take Oklahoma State to cover that number. That's a big number for a road game in the Big 12. Uh, But Oklahoma State's uh, particularly stinky. But you don't know what they're going to do after an off week. You know, maybe they solve some of their problems in the locker room. I don't think they could, but you just never know. I'll stick with K-State to win by 11 or more. Our last game of the week, of course, is the Red River rivalry, which is not easy to say. Texas and OU. UT is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I got the horns. Yeah, I'll take Texas, too. I'm, I'm going to back that train. Yeah, I think that I don't even think it's going to be close. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the drive 13. Now it's time for our on the clock segment on the clock is sponsored by Carpet One by local for a strong local community. We're going to start with Michael Swain of Fog.net, and I have no idea what he's about to say, and I have no idea what I'm going to say. Go, Michael. Let's talk some Kansas basketball recruiting. Late Night in the Fog is coming up this Friday night, and that typically is a huge visit weekend for Kansas, except they're only going to have one visitor this weekend. It's the number one player in the country, Cooper Flag. Kansas has been going all out in its pursuit of the 6'8 wing, who Kansas in their recruiting pitches are comparing to Andrew Wiggins. They're trying to use that sort of frame for him to say, hey, come to Kansas, play well for a season, and go be the number one pick in the NBA draft. He's considering Duke as the big rival in this recruitment. I think Kansas is going to spend this entire weekend upcoming trying to get Cooper Flagg and his family all on board about being Jayhawks. We'll see what happens, but Fitz, 
Bill Self's going big game hunting with the number one overall prospect in the 2024 class. Man, I, I sense that an NIL with Adidas coming. <laughs> I, I just do. I don't know what tips me off about that. Hey, it's always entertaining to me to hear the trash talking of teams that are schools that are coming into the conference and then the results that they eventually face. And of course, UCF has been saying they were going to run the Big 12 for a while, and now they're 0-2 after leading Baylor by 25 points heading into the fourth quarter and losing that game by giving up 26 straight points. It was an impressive effort. And again, we just talked about crowds getting up and leaving early. That stadium was almost empty as they needed their home field advantage and had none to be found. Now, Utah coach Kyle Winningham is talking about, you know, after the Big 12, when they're done devastating the Big 12, they'll be back in a conference with all their Western pals that are more their, their contemporaries. Good luck in the Big 12. It's hard every week, even when it's down, and it's going to be interesting. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.